the Ukraine, Eastern Europe, bordering Russia. Known for the world's longest instrument, the Trumbita horn, the shortest main city street, the deepest metro station in the world, and the first constitution dating back to 1710, introducing the separation of powers. Remember learning about the Yalta Conference? You may recall that picture of Stalin, Churchill, and Roosevelt. That, too, was here. I come from the Crimea Conference with a firm belief that we have made a good start on the road to a world of peace. In the Ukraine, they'll serve pancakes for a week straight. They'll paint the most elaborate Easter eggs you've ever seen. And on one particular day in January, they'll swim in that icy water. But the Ukraine is also where we find tens of thousands of orphans in state-run facilities. Precious children that need love and attention and a sense of belonging. This is exactly what my guests today work to provide. Clinton and Lena White founded Shade for Children to help keep families together, to secure adoptions and foster care, and to build a system of loving volunteers and mentors to create long-term personal relationships with the ones that are still left behind in these institutions. On this edition of the Edge of Adventure podcast, we travel to the Ukraine for the story of family. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. This is the Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher. Great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us again. And whether you're listening to the audio version or watching the video version, welcome. Great to introduce you today to Clinton White. Clinton works with an organization called Shade for Children. He and his wife are the co-founders, and they are working with orphans and vulnerable children and families in the Ukraine. So all the way from the Ukraine right now, joining us live for the program is Clinton White. Clinton, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adam. Glad to be here. I understand your wife is also there. I uh, want to say hello to Lena as well. Right. She's here. My hello. wife of three years next month. And you guys have co-founded this organization it's called Shade for Children. I know that it's because you have this heart for the kids and the, the vulnerable people in Ukraine. Talk to us about sort of the overview of how you come alongside these kids that are facing some challenges. Yeah. Well, I think it's informative to, to say what the vision and mission of the organization is. The vision, you know, the picture of the preferred future is that there would be no abandoned children in our region. 
you know, and I would like to play that card from the Miss Congeniality movie. I want world peace. I want there to be no orphans anywhere in the world. Um, I don't know that I can affect that, but in the region right here where we live, that's our goal. We want to see that there are no abandoned children in our region. And our mission, how we are trying to accomplish that vision is by uniting churches and communities to cherish orphaned and vulnerable children. Clinton White is my guest today, one of my two guests here on the Edge of Adventure. Clinton, how do we do that? How do you cherish and value the children who are orphans or find themselves in vulnerable type positions? What does it mean to cherish them? One way that we think about is by developing what we're calling social and relational safety nets for these children. If they stay institutionalized all of their life, they're trapped in the orphanage system. Most of them mostly only ever know the four walls that they're living in, the workers that are in and out of the facility every eight or 12 hours or whatever the shift is. And so what we want to do is have teams of volunteers, local volunteers, not orphan tourism, but Ukrainian volunteers, and we want to go see the same kids at the same time, at the same place, same group kids, same orphanage, every week from now until those kids are returned to their families or they're adopted or fostered or until Jesus comes back. We want to have long-term relationships with those kids. And when they age out, hopefully they'll have these relationships that they can, you know, they'll, hey, I know somebody from this town that used to come see me every week. I know that this person is involved in this church. I know that this person is involved in this business or this person is a community leader or business leader or an education leader or whatever. They'll have these relationships because the statistics for what happens to these kids when they age out of the orphanage system are extremely grim. And so that's part of it is these relational social safety nets that might include providing camps for them in the summers in addition to seeing them every week. In addition to that, the broader thing is helping families in crisis so that they don't lose their children to an orphanage or advocating. And that's part of working with the communities and the churches is in speaking and in, in meeting people in groups is advocating for these children to be adopted, especially domestically, but also advocating for international adoption. And, and advocating for foster care to get the kids out of the institutions and into a, a home environment. We're talking today with Clinton White. He's from Shade for Children, the organization in Ukraine. We're getting to know them, what they do, how they reach out and seek to minister to the children, kids at risk and vulnerable kids and families in the Ukraine. The difference that is made when someone, a volunteer, someone that's working with your organization, a difference that's made in the child's life, if you could put that into words, what would that be? I mean, give us an idea. If a child is in one of these institutions, and let's say they are there for a long period of time, and having someone through your organization come alongside one of these kids and develop a relationship and to love them in all the right ways and to encourage them, what does that mean to that child? Let me go back to some of my roots that led to us starting this organization. When I first came to Ukraine, uh, with serving with a different organization about nine years ago, 
one of the first ministries that I got involved in was a group of volunteers would go to what we call the baby hospital, pediatric hospital here in town. And there was, and still is, a room that we call the abandoned baby ward. And uh, those babies, uh, for whatever reason that they're in the hospital, they literally are abandoned by their parents. They're found in a dumpster or on the side of the road, or they're just surrendered by the parents, or whatever the reason. Uh, they're abandoned there in the hospital, and, and even the workers, sadly, too often don't give even infants the attention that they need. And so a group of us volunteers would go every day and try to just hold the babies for a couple hours. Well, one time we fell in love with one kid in particular, and the next day he was gone. So we started asking questions, and that's when I learned about the greater orphanage system. They had transferred this child from the baby hospital to one of the toddler orphanages. And so we mobilized a team to, to go. We wanted to go see that kid. And of course, when we did that, we saw all these other children. So here's a story. About three years ago, we're in the baby hospital and there's a little brother and sister there. And the nurses are telling us that the child is probably deaf and mute. He's not communicative. He's obviously traumatized, little two-year-old boy. His infant baby sister is laying in the crib and and uh, we fell in love with them immediately and we were thinking okay can we take these kids can we adopt these kids and so we started asking questions and then we found out that my gosh they is a tragic story of the father and the family committed suicide uh, the mother was incapable of taking care of the children there were uh, four other children that were in uh, an intake facility kind of a temporary orphanage setting we tracked them down. We went and met the mother. We met the grandparents, tried to find out why are your kids, and of course she couldn't take care of them. So they became, you know, statistic. They became some of those children that in Ukraine we call them social orphans. Ninety-two percent of the kids in the orphanage system in Ukraine, with more than a hundred thousand kids in orphanages here, ninety-two percent of them have family. They're in orphanages most of the time because of extreme poverty, sometimes because of abuse and neglect or addiction issues with parents and all that. So here is this little baby boy and girl that's in the hospital. Eventually, a few months later, they transferred to the toddler orphanage where we already were visiting every week. So we continued to see him. We created this uh, email, kind of a child sponsorship ministry. We don't ask for money for it. We just want people to pray for these children. So we created a profile for these two children and requested that people begin to pray for them. Every quarter I would send out an update on these kids with pictures because we're there every week. We can take fresh pictures of the kids. We know their stories. We're getting to know the kids. And then we learned that uh, the four siblings had been taken into a foster home. We Just a whole lot of little guy things that happened. We ended up meeting two girls who are missionaries from Netherlands, and we were telling them our story, and they were telling us their story, and they intersected. We knew that a family had the four siblings, and they knew the family. So they made the introduction, and we got to see the four siblings again. And immediately in that first meeting, we started telling them about the baby brother and sister. And uh, I think their initial response was, hey, we've got enough foster kids we can't take anymore. We talked him into going with us to meet the little boy and the little girl. And about three days later, the husband 
called us and he said, my wife hasn't slept in three days. Why is it? Because all she can think about is this little boy and girl. And very quickly, by Ukrainian standards, in probably a month, uh, they went through social services and they were able to take custody of the two younger siblings. And so now, all six of those kids together. I wish they could go back and be with their mother. She's not capable. She's probably never going to be capable of taking those kids. The next best thing is for them to be adopted or to be in loving foster care and to be together. That's pretty rare here. Too often they'll separate siblings when they're in orphanages and they'll never see their brother or sister again. But all six of these siblings are together. We are friends with the family. We're supporting them. Our organization helped raise funds uh, earlier this year to buy them a van because they didn't have transportation. They got eight foster kids and their own two daughters. So Shape for Children, the generous people that helped us out, were able to buy a vehicle for them. And so that's one of those stories that, and we're still in contact with them. We're still ministering to those, those kids. They consider us aunt and uncle. This is The Edge of Adventure, and we are talking today with Clinton White, also on the line here joining us as well from the Ukraine is his wife, Lena White. They're both the co-founders of this organization, Shade for Children. We're going to continue to ask some questions about the organization. I've got a few more I want to get to, but I'm going to ask Lena. On the video version, I see her. She's sitting there, and I know her heart and soul is poured into this just as much as, as yours is, Clinton. So I wanted to ask her, would you say that this is a crisis? How bad is this problem in modern-day Ukraine? Sometimes when you don't want to see a problem, you don't see a problem. You don't want to see a alcoholic people, no problem. When people don't want to notice orphans, you know, it's interesting that even in Soviet Union time, even now in Ukraine, we have orphanages somewhere hidden from the people. It's not in the city, usually. It's somewhere far away from people. Nobody knows that we have and how many. Nobody sees the faces. Usually, there's names on the list, and it's all even workers, social workers. They have no idea how kids look like, what do they look like, and it's the biggest problem. And corruption and system that works against kids, not for the best interest, is the problem. It's the voice of Lena White from Shade for Children here on the Edge of Adventure and talking about the crisis in the Ukraine as it pertains to orphans or vulnerable children. And this organization we're getting to know today, Shade for Children, has a heart for these kids. And they've been working how many years now? Almost going on three years? Well, the organization is going on three years. And I have been involved in some way or another with ministry to orphan children for the nine years that I've been here. Clinton, uh, as I listen to you talk, you know, um, we're both Americans. We've got that American accent. What part of the U.S. are you from originally? I'm from Mississippi. So you're from Mississippi, but you've been working and involved in this particular type of work and ministry now for nine, ten years. This heart you have for the Ukraine, can you put that into words? Before I came to Ukraine, I was a, a career youth pastor in Mississippi. 
And from 1999 to 2004, the Mississippi Baptist Convention had a partnership with Ukrainian Baptists. And during that five-year period, there was a lot of exchange going on, going on. A lot of ministries, a lot of youth groups were going to Ukraine on mission trips. A few Ukrainians were coming to the states, coming to Mississippi to speak at Baptist College and things like that. And in the final year of that partnership, I brought a youth group to Ukraine, and I loved it. It was a rural setting, and it reminded me not so much of me growing up in Mississippi. It reminded me of the stories I heard growing up about my parents growing up in the rural South and in Mississippi, I, the work ethic. And, uh, you know, everybody had a garden, and everybody was walking, and they're, they're healthy, and uh outhouses, you know, in that village. It was just, uh, like I said, it reminded me of these stories that I heard my father talking about growing up. And I'm a, I'm a youth minister at heart. I became an uncle when I was 10 years old, so I've always had kids in my life, but never had my own kids. And so I think all of that contributed to me having a heart for children, for teenagers too, for children, especially vulnerable children. What is being done to protect vulnerable kids? What can be done to help them, to protect them? Let me step back to an earlier question with Lena about why the crisis. I think part of the crisis is kind of a hangover, kind of a leftover Soviet mindset. In Ukraine, it's 30 years into independence now, but I think the mindset is still there where the government can take care of the children. And so if for very little reason, you know, the father goes across the border to work or, or there's alcoholism or drug abuse or just extreme poverty or whatever. Children are sent to orphanages as a first choice rather than as a last resort. And so that's the crisis is that people so freely give up their children. Now understand that there are times acting in the best interest of children, they need to be removed from the home, but again, why wouldn't you look for family to place those children with? And that does happen. There are grandparents, obviously, that are raising children or aunts and uncles raising children. But again, the first choice is to put the kid in an orphanage rather than using that as a, as a last choice. So what we are doing, um, among other things, we're working with social services to identify families in crisis. And I'm not exactly sure about the criteria, how they go about determining who is in crisis and who is not, but locally our social services, they're prepared to give us a list and they've given us names, families in crisis, they're in economic troubles or, or whatever. And so what we're trying to do, we have a program called Family to Family Mentoring. And what we're going to do is match a family from a local church with one of these families in crisis. And then there's a third part of that triad, a sponsored family. So usually somebody from the States that gives us monthly donation. And with that money, it's $50 a month, we're able to take a, a box of groceries. The, the mentor family will take a bag or a box of groceries to the beneficiary family. But it's more than just delivering humanitarian aid. Uh, they're doing two things. One, they are monitoring the home situation on behalf of social services, making some mental notes and then reporting back, hey, yeah, everything looks safe. They have water, they have electricity, they have gas, they have heat. The kids are relatively clean, doesn't look like anybody's bruised up. But then also, because our mentors are from local churches, it's an opportunity for them to disciple 
to these families to coach them in life skills and job skills and myriad different things that, that they can mentor them. So that's part of what we're doing is to try to help the preserve families. In many cases, these children in the orphanages, if we can find out uh, who the parents are, and we have done this, we've gone to meet some of those parents and, okay, what can we do? How can we rally the community around this family so that they can get their kids back? And a lot of times it's because the system is so archaic and bureaucratic that they don't know where to start. And so we can help them to navigate that system and navigate social services so that they can get their children back. Haven't been doing that very long, haven't had a lot of success doing it, but we, we do have some people calling us now and we do at least get to know these families and get to know the stories. And through that, we can get people to at least pray for them. And then advocacy for adoption and foster care. And I mentioned already some foster families that we're working with. And uh, I just published a picture on Instagram uh, just a week or so ago with about 15 faces on it and, uh, that are kids that we have been praying for that are, are uh, Orphan's Prayer quarterly newsletter people have been praying for for a year. And 15 or 16 of those kids have been adopted or returned home or uh, entered foster care during that time. So we're Christians. We believe that prayer is effective and we like those results. Thanks for listening to The Edge of Adventure. We'll continue my conversation with Clinton and Lena White of Shade for Children in the Ukraine in just a moment. But I thought I'd take a minute and connect a couple of dots for you, just in case you're wondering, what is this thing called the Edge of Adventure? Well, I'm proud to say that the Edge of Adventure is an award-winning video series. It's an award-winning podcast. And on this program, whether as a video documentary or a podcast, we highlight the world-changing work of inspirational humanitarian organizations that are making a difference in every corner of the globe. Together, we travel to distant places to experience life and culture far from home. Getting to know remarkable people who give of themselves for the benefit of others, and in turn, we share in their real-life stories of joy and pain, of need and sacrifice, of adventure and purpose. Here's the thing. I believe we're destined for more than the routine, that we're called to explore and discover and to make a positive difference in the lives of others, to put others first, to live for something bigger. I believe we find ourselves right now on the edge of adventure with a decision to make. We could sit tight, stay here in our comfort zones, refuse to move forward. But we choose to live bravely, to go beyond status quo. That's what I call the edge of adventure. And I'm glad you're with us. Now, back to the Ukraine and my conversation with Clinton and Lena White of Shade for Children. Clinton White is my guest today from Shade for Children in Ukraine. Clinton, I want to think about two particular categories. Let's talk about how people in Ukraine can be involved with Shade for Children. That's question one. And then question two, for those who are outside the Ukraine, perhaps in the U.S. or perhaps in Europe, wherever they might be, how can they be involved with Shade for Children and 
and help you and support you and help these kids in Ukraine. So the two two different categories I'm, I'm picking up on, there's one need that you might have that would come from in Ukraine, in the country, and then those of us outside. In country, especially locally, within our region, we want volunteers. And not just orphanage tourists. We don't want somebody to take a pocket full of candy or gifts at Christmas and, and Easter. There are a lot of people that do that. There are churches that do that and, and social clubs that do that and schools that do that. They go in and give away the candy or the Christmas box and take a picture and kids never see them again. We believe that it's in the best interest of kids to have long-term real relationships. So we want our volunteers that can go every week, same time, same place, just make a pretty long-term commit, commitment to that. We recognize that not everybody can make that kind of commitment. And so there are some other ways. Again, locally, we sponsor camps and day camps and some excursions for kids. Uh, we love to have somebody with some professional expertise in social work or trauma care, and we can connect them with the orphanages to teach or to do workshops or seminars or something. If somebody in Ukraine, but they're not, not in our region, there are other organizations that are doing some of the same kind of work that we're doing. And I would encourage those folks to plug in somewhere and, and make a commitment long-term to these children and take the children home, become a, a state-sanctioned mentor, which is a social service training program that you can go through. We, we consider ourselves mentors. We're there every week anyway, but there is a state-sanctioned mentoring program that you can go through the training and Ukrainians have a lot of rights. They can even take the children home on weekends or take them for excursions. And, and that's designed to be a long-term, particularly with older orphans and with the teenagers, to help them develop life skills and social skills. Uh, I would encourage every Ukrainian that is a capable person to become a mentor to one of these children. And, uh, and like I said, we really promote domestic adoption. I, again, that Soviet mindset that's kind of left over is that if the kid is in the orphanage, then there must be something wrong with that kid. That's a throwaway kid. It's a kid, like Lena said, that nobody sees, but that's not true. It's a kid that got the wrong end of the deal and they need, they need somebody to love them. They need a family because children should be in families, not in institutions. And so I'd love to see Ukrainians adopt and take kids into foster care. And we're starting to see some of that. We're seeing some changes in the work reform happening here in Ukraine, but it is a slow process. Um, and really, it's, it's going to require a change in that mindset. And then for the people listening or watching from outside of Ukraine, what would be the way that they could help? Pray for us. They can pray for those children. They can sign up uh, for an orphan's prayer, which is this quarterly newsletter. That there's a pop-up on our website. As soon as you go to our website, just a few seconds later, the pop-up comes up to sign up for an orphan's prayer. And like I said, it's kind of like a sponsorship program, except you're not sending us any money for that. We'll send you a profile for the kid, and then we're going to send you an updated picture and, and tell you the latest news every three months about that kid. So you, you get to follow that child for as long as we're following the child, which is going to be until they're adopted or fostered or returned home or we just lose contact with them for, for some other reason. And so that's a pretty neat thing. It's a neat thing for children in your family to, to have this picture of the kid on their refrigerator and they're praying for them. 
the family to family mentoring, uh, we had not actually, we have a kind of a pilot program going right now. We have one family, but we're hoping to launch in October. And so we're going to be looking for those sponsor families that will make the wheels turn, you know. And again, that's a relational thing. The sponsor family will have an opportunity to exchange emails or letters or cards with the mentor family who will be acting as their hands and feet to go to beneficiary families and minister to them and to coach them and to mentor them. Um, and then aside from that, just monthly donors or one-time donors. We drive 100 miles or more every week, sometimes, oftentimes much more than that, visiting the orphanages. And we want to take care of our volunteers so we don't charge them anything. Um, so the donations help that happen. Camps that we do before COVID, we were doing two or three weeks of camps in the summer. And since COVID, we had one camp last year and one camp this year, but that's a $3,000 or $4,000 a week project this year. We had foster families join church families. A pretty neat experience. So, uh, you know, donations make organizations run. That they do. And if you would like to come alongside these guys, help them out some way, support them financially or otherwise. And I always encourage you, if, to, if nothing else, or a great place to start is just to encourage them, you know, contact them by their website, let them know that you're out here, you're moved by what they're doing, and you want to help them somehow. Shadeforchildren.net. Shadeforchildren.net is their website. You can also find them at Shade for Children on Instagram and then on Facebook at Shade for Children Ukraine. Lena, what do you want to see for these kids? Uh, yeah, we understand it's best for them to be in their family, but if it's impossible, we'd like to see them in a just loving family that parents can love them, cherish them, adore them, teach them, just be good friends. Just very often we meet workers who hate them. Some of them very good and for them, but most of the time we see that workers there treat them like the prisoners. Very sorry about that, it's not very nice, but it's reality. And I want them to be and understand that they can't be loved. It doesn't matter what nationality they are, because lots of kids, it's Roma kids, but they're kids. Yeah. God created them and we want them to be in the family. Maybe I ask this question of both of you. Feel free to answer it in your own ways, but we'll start with Lena, ladies first. What's the hardest part about doing this, Lena, for you? The hardest part? Sometimes you can't see the way, like you see the kids, you love the kids, and even me, you don't know what to do for that. What is the best? And you want to change the situation in that moment, right now. You don't want to wait, you don't want to, you want to do something. And we try to call social workers, we try to find a story, we try to do something. For that example, there's plenty of story about two kids and by the orphanage. We waited two years, and but it was worse or that they in a good family. But we wanted to do something immediately. We want to change immediately, to help immediately. And it's hard when you can't do anything. And, but players are working in this dream. Clinton, how anything, what would you say hardest part for you is? As an American, there are times when I want to bully my way through. I want to 
I want to raise my passport and demand my rights and, and say, hey, this is what you're doing is not in the best interest of the kids. This needs to happen. Or who's responsible for this? And, and why can't this person be held accountable? And why can't this person take responsibility for this kid? And, and that's uh, it's really frustrating when I see them pass the buck and not take responsibility. A child in an orphanage needs a surgery maybe even a life-saving surgery. The state has custody of the child, the kids in the orphanage. The director has custody of the child because they're in his orphanage, but then he'll refuse the operation because no, the kid has parents and the parents don't want the operation or, you know, that's just one of the examples. And so that's very frustrating, very difficult for me. All right. So let's ask then, what's one of the best parts about doing this the most inspiring the piece that brings you joy and we will start with lena for this question as well what what about this in particular brings you joy you know it's both it might be joy and sadness uh, for sure joy it's a sea but it's not so many kids who is in family right now but every week See them how they're lying, how they're waiting for me, how they're asking when you're coming back. When they're asking, can you still a little bit longer? Because they can feel freedom with you, working letters, like be free with them. They let them be wild with us and understand that if they're like peak experience, like for example, having birthday party with the cake, with the candles, or just they know they have girls printed dress and they like that. They just waited for their birthday before they never had a birthday. They didn't even know it was their birthday. Yeah, they didn't know what to do with the candles. And to see that it's a big joy because or first time we celebrated birthday and we sang happy birthday song. <laughs> and next time when it came in, all of them started to sing us. Yeah. And they remember that. They, they, you think, oh, maybe they, no, they remember everything. They don't our names. They are waiting for us. And it's a joy. And But it's sad because it's sad when you have to say goodbye to them. This is The Edge of Adventure. That's Lena White, co-founder of Shade for Children. Also on the line today, her husband, Clinton. They're the co-founders. This organization is called Shade for Children, and they work in the Ukraine. And... I know, Clinton, you're not going to improve on her response, but I want you to uh, have an opportunity to share what brings you joy. I will say, listening to Lena as she responded to that question, I hear both. I hear joy and pain. I hear both. And I know that the need is overwhelming. And I know that both of you feel the weight of that need. And I just want to thank you for doing what you're doing. It is making a difference. It is. Clinton, something that brings you joy. We talk sometimes with, uh, with some, particularly with a first-time volunteer that might go with us. And the kid, as soon as you walk in, the kids just mob you and they're climbing all over you. And, and I think for the untrained eye, they would look at that and say, oh, these kids are so full of joy. These kids are so happy. They're so well taken care of. And it's like, no, not really. That's called indiscriminate 
affection. It happens because they're not bonded. They're not attached to anybody. And so they'll just hug and jump and climb all over anybody. It brings me joy when they call my name. It brings me joy when they remember me and, and they do and they know me. Oddly enough, it brings me joy when they don't climb all over me. That would be normal behavior for a child. They, if they're bonded with somebody that they shouldn't be climbing all over a, a stranger. The two kids that are that joined the foster home now, we will go see those families and we'll eventually get our hugs from, from that little boy and that little girl, but, but they run to the mom and daddy first. Now, that brings me joy. That's what I want to see. Clinton White, Lena White, both joining us today from Shade for Children. Wow, uh, the need is so great. And I'm sure that it seems overwhelming because it is overwhelming. And yet, I know you know this, but I just want to encourage you because you can do what you can do. And what matters is that you are doing that. And that's what matters for all of us. And if someone listening right now, watching right now, wants to come alongside you guys and help and encourage you in some way, I'm going to encourage them to do that by reaching out to shadeforchildren.net. That's shadeforchildren.net. And of course, for each one of these podcasts, interviews, conversations, there's always a page or a post on theedgeofadventure.com. So you can go there and that'll have the links. And so if you forget or you didn't write down the, uh, the web address, you can always go to theedgeofadventure.com under podcasts and you'll see these. And you'll be able to see this. You can watch the video version, listen to the audio version, share it out, find it on your favorite platform. And I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to do so because these are the stories that really need to be told. These are real stories. This is real life. This is real life. Real joy and real pain. And my guests today have been Clinton and Lena White, co-founders from Shade for Children. What is next? I think you mentioned a couple of items that you're looking toward in the next few months or the next year. What's next? And any thoughts that you want to be sure we communicate to the audience before we wrap up today? Like everybody, I think we have some dreams. Maybe we would like to own some property someday that we can have our own camps. Uh, maybe we'd like to have some sort of center here in the city where we can minister to some of these families in crisis and do day camps, do other programs for vulnerable kids. But personally, we want to walk the talk, and not just so that we're walking the talk, but because Leonard's been a children's worker for 25 years and, and was only married three years ago. Um, I was married before when I was younger. My first wife had cystic fibrosis and was unable to have children and passed away after nine years of marriage. I've always had a daddy heart. Anybody that watches Lena for two seconds around children can see that, that she has a, a very deep love for children. And we want children. And so we are not quite in the queue yet, but we have completed our social services study. We've turned in all of our documentation. We're waiting on some of those papers to be processed. And as soon as they do, and as soon as we're able, we're going to bring some kids home with us. And as we're speaking in the community or to churches to mobilize them, you know, maybe that encourages somebody else. And But that's not why we're doing it. We want to do it because 
especially children, need parents. Of course, we've been talking with Clinton White, Lena White. They are the co-founders of Shade for Children, and they've been joining us today from the Ukraine. And we've learned a little bit, a little bit about their organization, what they do, how they involve volunteers in the Ukraine, how people from around the world can support them and support the families that are volunteering and just that entire program and, and operation that, that is making a difference and loving these kids that need to be loved and need to know they're loved. And that is something that many of us in our lives can and have taken for granted. We grew up in loving homes and we've loved our kids and we see it and we're familiar with that. But that is not the case. That is not the case for every child out there. And I'm thankful for people like Clinton and Lena who have seen a need for years, even decades, and they have spent their lives giving in this way. So it's been my honor to just get to know them, honor them a little bit. And guys, I hope that this has been encouraging. We see you, we see this sacrifice, we see this heart. And not just me, but the people that watch and listen, I'm sure we'll be reaching out to you to say, job well done, don't give up, keep going, because this is the kind of difference that needs to be made. Thank you both. Thank you for your time and thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. And again, reach out to them, shadeforchildren.net, shadeforchildren.net to find out more and to come alongside them and to encourage them. My guests, Clinton White and Lena White from Shade for Children in the Ukraine. God bless you both. We'll talk again soon. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo.